Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. And since the Saints have hired a defensive coordinator, it is time for a mega cast. That means we have Dave Cariello, our fearless leader, Andrew Drews from the Saints Station, and Kevin Held uh, from Hakeem Drops the Ball and uh, Canal Street Chronicles. And he's a veterinarian tonight as he's caring for his dog, as his dog is having health problems. So Kevin uh, may be even more distracted than usual. Um Dave, I'm going to start with you. The Rob Ryan hire, uh, I think a lot of fans are confusing trivia with statistics when they're like, Rob Ryan, he's never coached a defense that's made the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. That's not really anything to do with how the defense is going to be in the future or how it's been in the past. Um, your thoughts on Rob Ryan as coordinator of the Saints defense? Uh, you know, they're they're mixed, I guess, but uh... – you know, he definitely doesn't have great numbers or great stats. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously that's because he wasn't really defensive coordinator for some very good teams. We're talking about the Browns and the Cowboys and the Laters. So uh, I think this will be a unique situation for him because he's going to have an offense that can actually uh, take care of their own. But, um, you know, I... It's way too early. I mean, I like that he's a fiery kind of guy, and I like that he's got a lovely mane of hair too. I love, you know. I mean, I, I, you know, from a from an aesthetic standpoint, I actually really like him. And uh, but you know, I I thought that Noah was a good hire, and that turned (laughs) out not to be so great. So, I mean, if I say, uh, oh yeah, I like the Rob Ryan hire, then uh, that doesn't really mean anything. And if I say I don't like it, then uh, that doesn't mean anything either. So. Uh, it's really not up to me, but uh, you know, personally, I, I do. I like it. I, I think that's what the Saints need. I think the Saints. I think they need a, a fiery kind of guy. I think they need an outspoken person, and uh, he seems like he brings a lot of energy. And uh, obviously, he knows the three-four. And uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see who he brings with him from his past teams and his past experiences, because that always happens when it comes to new defensive coordinators. Um, so you know, I. I you know, it, it's it's hard it's hard to go any it's hard to get any worse than they were. So <laughs> they can't get any worse. They could be I as mean, bad. They can. I mean, they can. They well, they could break their own record oh, for for, for for yards given. But <laughs> you know, I mean, the the good thing for for Rob Ryan is that he comes into a situation where it's practically a no lose situation. Um, and and again, like a lot of people have said, you know, the Saints don't need to go from worst defense in history to you know a top five defense. They just need to be middling. You know, if they can be middling and let the offense do what they do so well, um, if the offense can put up 35 points a game, you know, the defense only needs to give up 34 or less. So, I mean, they don't have to be a top-10 defense here. They just need to be 15 to 20, and it, and, it, and it should be 
a fairly significant improvement as far as their record is concerned. Well, I think think Andrew just blacked out, Dave, at the thought of the Saints breaking their own record for most yards given up in a season and him having to watch all 16 games. Uh, so, Andrew, uh, your thoughts on the hire. And for the record, Andrew was pro Steve Spagnola, and way long time ago, Andrew was also anti-Drew Brees signing and pro Matt Leinart signing. So, Andrew, like the rest of us, his record on predictions and thoughts is very spotty. But, Andrew, your thoughts on the hire, and then what's the biggest issue with the Saints for, for with the hiring of Rob Ryan as far as personnel, you think? Did they really need well, to work on ASAP? Well, you, you mentioned my track record, <laughs> um, Ralph, and, you know, I mean, obviously Drew Brees had a wrecked shoulder and, you know, he could never throw again, and he came in that <laughs> first year and, and he threw seven straight incompletions and then retired. And uh, Matt Ryan has since won four Super Bowls. I'm sorry, Matt Liner has since won four Super Bowls, and he's been twice MVP of the league. And so, I think you confuse uh, banging cheerleaders with winning Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. So uh, based on that, I think it's pretty clear what my prognostication <laughs> skills are, and you should all bow down to me. Um but but anyway, back to Ryan. So with that being said, you know, clearly I'm, I'm a genius and I know what I'm talking about. Um, but I don't, serious for a second, I don't like the hire. Um, and the main reason I don't like it is he's just a little too much like Greg Williams. And by that I mean, you know, just a guy that, that is overly aggressive, um, thinks with his dick instead of his head. Um, and he's his just one head. of those guys that's, oh, yeah, his little head. And he's, Overly emotional, um, and I just think, um, you know, he kind of lets that get in the way of X's and O's and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I mean, for, for better or for worse, I think Spags is more of an X's and O's guy, and a lot of the the football players didn't respond well to it on defense. They said that, you know, Spags was almost too cerebral, and, and he had an answer for everything. You know, he he tried to defend everything instead of sometimes just letting the guys play football. I, I heard Scott Shanley say that, but, you know, basically – um, you know, there, there, there were checkdowns and there, there were audibles and, and there were defenses for everything. And a lot of times, you know, Shanley's point was you can't defend everything. And so you got to kind of have to pick and choose. And then with the rest of the stuff, you just play football. And so, um, we'll get that a lot more with Rex Ryan. And like Dave said, he knows the three, four. So, um, I mean, look, there's almost no way he can be worse. I mean, I really don't think that now. They're going to have to do a good job of getting some guys in there personnel-wise um, to help them out because I, I think right now they're still missing um, that that three technique and plug nose tackle. I mean, I think Bunkley can. Yeah, it, it remains to be seen if he's going to stick around or not. But they just need a wide body that they can throw in there to be on running downs. Really, that that plug, you know, nose tackle. But um, We'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, like Dave said, I, if this defense is 24th or 23rd, that's probably good enough to get the Saints in the playoffs. And so, um, I mean, look, but I'll say this. If the Greg Williams hire has told us anything, if the Saints win the Super Bowl this coming season and lead the league in turnovers and Matt – or I'm sorry, uh, it's the second time I've said Matt Ryan today. It's really starting to bother me. But uh, if Rob Ryan transforms his defense in year one and they win the Super Bowl, fire him immediately. <laughs> right after the season's over, thank you for your service. We've got the Lombardi Trophy and send him on his way. 
<laughs> yeah, the, Kevin. Um, here's my question to you: with the hiring of of Rob Ryan and, and Greg Williams before him, it seems to me Sean Payton really likes a crazy person running his defense, and. Me and you, you know, we, we don't break down the football. Besides the Saints winning, the most important thing to us is making the jokes. So, in that respect, isn't Rob Ryan the perfect hire for me and you? Uh, I yes, yes and no. Uh, yes, in the sense that the the, the jokes will come in. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Because, let's face it, when, when, when Shockmeister was still on board, me and you were having a hoot with that. And then oh, we when he left, I mean, when he left, you know, it kind of there were there were fewer uh, there were fewer stories for me to write about the team behind the scenes. Uh, now with Rob Ryan, that potential has returned because he's essentially Jeremy Shockey at fifty. <laughs> and he is. you know, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, the potential's there, but but, but the problem is, kissing Susie Colbert have already staked out territory with with the Rob Ryan parody. So I'm kind of just left. I'm kind of just like left, uh, left on the outside looking in. I mean, that, I, that's part of the reason I was putting putting all my eggs in the uh, in the Todd Granson basket because I would have been first in line to make all the Downs and Abbey jokes. And now that Todd Granson isn't going to be the DC, uh, you know, I'm I'm left sitting here with my dick in my hand, not literally, figuratively. Yeah, but I think I think with Rob Ryan as the Saints defensive coordinator, I think you could you could do him as like running a uh, running a strip club on Bourbon Street during the week, and just give a little credit to to kissing Susie Colburn and still run with it, and it could still be your own. I mean, the man I saw a picture of him on Twitter where he was wearing a bathing suit with beer mugs on it. Um. So the man was clearly meant to be on Bourbon Street, um, but uh, Dave, at this point with this with this with this defense as it's currently as it's currently constructed, what is the the one thing that it that if 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 you could, if I could say to you, Rob Ryan can get this defense to do. One thing very, very, very well, and it's not creating turnovers. What would that oh, one thing? What would, what would that one thing be? Uh, I guess not tackling like a bunch of eight-year-olds. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, turnovers definitely would have been my answer. 
because I think those are incredibly crucial. But, uh, you know, they need to tackle better. I mean, they, they really do. It's funny because I watched the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl, and, and you know, they have this style of hitting where they, they seem to just throw their bodies at receivers or runners or, or, or you know, offensive players, ball carriers. You know, they don't dive at their feet, but they sort of go at them, you know, with the middle of their body and their shoulders. And they just, they, they don't wrap up either, but they throw their body at them. And and the Saints, you know, of course, they have their style where they seem to, like, submarine tackle and, like, this ankle bite and, 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 and take a, a ball carrier's legs out from underneath them. So, and I think each, I think different teams have their own different style of tackling, I'm starting to notice. Um, and so I hope to God that uh, they're, they change their style because I just don't think the style that they currently use just works very well. Um, I'd like to see them change that up. You know, it's not wrapping up better than, you know, at, at least not just throwing your body and then going to the ground. And because once you do that, you're taking yourself out of the play. I mean, you're done. You're on the ground. Um, so, I, you know, I think that needs to change. If it's going to change one thing overall, I think that would be it. Andrew, you watch the tape. What's one thing that would really, really help this defense if they did it well, but not cre- – obviously, if they created 50 turnovers, that would help them a ton. But what's one thing that's fundamentally, like Dave said, tackling, run defense, pass defense, whatever, what's one thing they could do better that would really help them the most? Well, I, I think right now the problem is the, the substitutions for the Saints were so predictable in the 4-3 because – um, of down and distance, and Bunkley was in there whenever it was off. He's running down, and you know, Galette and Martez Wilson would sometimes come in when it was obvious passing down. So the problem was everything in between, um, and teams were able to expose that by running play action on first and ten with Bunkley in there, and they knew they weren't going to get much pressure up the middle. Um, and on obvious passing downs, let's say third and five well, shit, let's run a draw play right at Gillette because we know he's in there and we know he can't stop the run. So, um, you know, uh, Jamal the Jamal Charles run, for example, the big one against the Chiefs was run right at Martez Wilson, and he got absolutely swallowed on that play. So um, the one advantage of the 3-4 is that you're going to be able to keep guys like that on the field at all times. So um, guys like Gillette, guys like Martez Wilson, if they end up starting at the outside the three in a 3-4, um, as the outside linebackers, they're going to be in on first down and second down. And so um, if teams run play-action passes, they're going to be able to, to get to the quarterback. So I, I think that plays well. But the answer to your question, basically what I'm getting at, is um, I want them to rush the passer better. I want them to get in the, in the quarterback's face. I want them getting more sacks. And Because ultimately, I, I'm, I'm basically saying turnovers when I say that, whether it's a sack strip, whether it's disrupting the quarterback, putting some hits on him, which rattles his cage a little bit, maybe make him throw a pick on the following play because the ball comes out too quickly or, or not quickly enough. And so, you know, it's all about make, rattling the quarterback, making him gun-shy, and quarterbacks are way too comfortable this year. So I want more hits on the quarterback, and I just want more sacks. And um, I do think the 3-4 is a good call for that because I remember when Spags was hired and they said, okay, we're going to run a 4-3, but we're going to – put more emphasis on the front four getting pressure. And I remember thinking, well, shit, I hope Will Smith gets back to circa 2009 because, you know, what he's been doing the past couple of years has really been working out for the Saints. And 
if he's not doing well, we know Cam Jordan is not a great pass rusher. Um, in the interior, I mean, they completely flopped in terms of getting pressure. So um, that really killed the Saints. When they stopped blitzing, they stopped getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, in this system, in a 3-4, I think it will absolutely help because um, it will keep guys like Colette and Wilson, who in my opinion are their best edge rushers right now, um, and that will potentially keep them on the field from first through third down. Um, so, uh, but that's 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 what I want to see, and I I think it it's pointing in the right direction based on the scheme change. Um, but yeah, getting to the quarterback is key. Kevin, if there's if I told you, look, there's one guy in the Saints defense that you can just you get to pick and he's gone and you just don't want to see him anymore. Not necessarily that he's, he was a horrible player with the Saints, but you're just tired of seeing him pick one player in the defense that you're like, he's got to go. I just don't want to see him anymore on Sunday. Who would that one player be? Nelson Jenkins. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. I know. I, 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 I actually been thinking about this uh, hours ago because I'm driving home and I'm, you know, like, stuck in traffic or whatever, and so something just occurred to me. I was like, you know what, Malcolm Jenkins, it's not that he's terrible, and it's not that he's bad, it's just that he just hasn't found his fit. You know, he was drafted as a tweener, which is, I guess, code for can't play a certain position uh, full-time. So, you know, he's, he's now gotten to be a starter, and he's had a couple of bright spots, but he hasn't gotten over the hump. So I think maybe, and this is this is where I sound like, I guess, your typical sports radio caller, what if, what if we try and trade him? So you send him to a team that has a lot of picks or, you know, needs secondary help, and you just see what you can get. You see if you can get a pick from somebody for him. I mean, I, I I don't know. I like that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe you could get a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and maybe a seventh round pick. Um, but uh, we'll have to see. Dave, um, I know the draft is far away, and I'm not asking you to um, give me give give me a specific player. I want to. I want you to try to guess because you always have a pulse on like on where the where the feel of the fans is and where the anger is going to be. What would the Saints? What could the Saints do with the fifteenth pick that would melt Canal Street Chronicles down on draft night and not in a good way? Ah, uh, running back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously that would be crazy if they took a running back. That's probably the least position of need, you know. Or if they took a wide receiver. Trade it up and get a running back. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, you remember in, what was it, oh eight? whenever they took Meacham in the first round, everybody was kind of like, we really don't need a wide receiver, but they uh, sort of went with the best player available uh, theory. Um, I don't know. You know, I could. It wouldn't surprise me if they went and picked some offensive linemen or, you know, an offensive tackle if there was somebody that was, like, really good left on the board that they just could not pass up because he was just such a supreme talent at tackle. Because, uh, I mean, they could sort of use that. And, and, and at the same time, I think that 
I think Canal Street Chronicles would probably be like, no, we need to go defense. I can't believe it. Uh, so, you know, a, a realistic option would be, I think, maybe offensive tackle. Yeah. You, you, would you guys would you guys hate it if they picked a tackle though? I mean, I'd be okay. Yeah, if they, I mean, if Bushrod leaves, it'd be it, yeah. it it'd be okay. The one th- the one thing that I think I think would drive people a little bit crazy if they picked a tackle, Andrew, is if they're sitting there at fifteen and they pick the tackle, and there's a consensus, even even if it's right or if it's wrong. That there's a consensus that they could have traded down and still got the tackle later, I think that would make people even more angry about not picking defense because they don't have the second round pick. Does that make sense? If if, if you know if if, yeah. you, if, the, if the talking heads are like, oh man, they could have got him at 25, then I think I think that could flip people out. But I mean, the reason why I ask Dave is I just feel like when you pick at 15. You know, we're all say defense, 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 but the Saints have shown that they're really flexible and they're not gonna they're not necessarily gonna be pigeon they're not gonna be locked into having to pick defense. And I think Kevin the I, I know it's a long time ago, so people might forget it, but I think the Jonathan Sullivan pick where they traded up to get him and they needed a defensive tackle and they sort of went all in and they and they sort of ignored other things. I think that's sort of affects Mickey Loomis's philosophy and I think he really makes a concerted effort not to get locked in on a position or that sort of thing because it can burn well, well, they traded well, up don't, they don't trade say it up for that Sullivan too loud his, his, uh, Kevin's dog's going to throw up again if you say Jonathan <laughs> Sullivan too loud. they traded up again they traded up to, for that I'd forgotten about that yeah they did they Good traded. God. They traded two first they, round picks. They traded the two first round picks with Arizona to move up to number six, and they flipped second round picks with Arizona, and they ended up with Stinch. They ended up with Sullivan, and then they picked Stinchcomb in the second round with like the second pick or the third pick in the second round. So yeah, it was a disaster. It was a disaster all, all around, Kevin. Oh, fantastic. Um, well, maybe he's not going to be locked into a position, but. Still, I mean, you, you got to think though that if that if the best player available at 15 is an offensive player, and then they have a chance to get to get a guy that they believe can start at defensive tackle or defensive end or second down, you know, if they got a, if they can get a starter on defense, but if their quote unquote best player available is offense, I still think they'd go defense. Now, now maybe it might not be defensive tackle because I can't remember where I saw the story, but somebody reported that uh, that Kuiper was saying how apparently deep the uh, defensive tackle position is, and how teams could probably get a quality guy in the third or fourth round, even. So there's still hope for the Saints that if they don't take a DT in the first round, that uh, a quality one will be available when it gets back to them. Yeah, I mean... The, nose, it, nose tackle. Nose. I wonder if Benny Logan from LSU could play the nose. Because he's like... Late, right now, he's like late second, early third. Um, so he'd he'd be an interesting guy. Um, and, you know, with with the whole with the whole thing of, you know, free agencies coming and that sort of thing, but um, to sort of end this podcast, guys, the question that I ask you is, look, there's no more Super Bowl, and we're kind of in the holding period, the whole holding pattern where 
free agency is going to start. I think I think it starts March ninth. Um, but you got eight months without football. So how do you fill the time when you don't have any football? What are you doing on your weekends? And Dave, I'll start with you because there's no more Mardi Gras for you because you're in New Orleans. So how do you fill the, fill the time of no football? Uh, I think Andrew will probably have the same answer as me, but I mean, I would just spend my time with my family and my son. Uh, I know that's like cheesy, but uh, I mean, really and truly, that's what I look forward to most. Actually, I think in the off season now, uh, I know my I know my wife certainly looks forward to that part uh, the most. Not having this all day long distraction every Sunday, uh, but uh, you know, on Canal Street Chronicles. We'll be doing it as usual, mock draft, community mock draft. And, uh, you know, when free agency strikes, you know, we'll have everything uh, right there. Um, I kind of like the off-season, to be honest with you. I mean, there are some people, you know, you can tell, even on Canal Street Chronicles, you can tell there are some people that you don't see through the season. And then once the season's over, that's when they come to life, and you might see them commenting and that kind of stuff. So, you know, there are certain people out there, and I, I'm kind of one of them, uh, the off season is, is just as interesting as the regular season. I mean, this is this is where the team is built, and like, you know the team that you see in 2013 on the field. I mean, all of that is a result of what happens during these quote unquote boring months. So I you know I kind of like the off season. Kevin, what do you do to fill your time in the off season when you're not playing vet to your dog? <laughs> well, let's uh, well first let me clear something up. This is not a Marley and me situation. The dog just threw up. It just ate something probably that didn't agree with him, so he'll be like fine. A this is not a, this is yeah, yeah. This is not a, this is not a Marley and me scenario we're, we're looking at here. Uh, otherwise, I'd be, I'd be uh, sobbing like I just seen Brian song. Uh, so what, what, what do I do? Well, I, I mean, so far I've I've had uh, the Sports Illustrated cover to stare at endlessly. I mean, Kate Upton is. Uh, <laughs> is uh, is is has uh, has kept me uh, has kept me warm uh and my thoughts quite impure uh basically since the Super Bowl ended so uh I'm I'm going to try and ride this train as long as humanly possible just uh, just focusing on her uh anything after that is you know it's 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 all up in the air I mean I've got I've got my uh my spring hurling league that will, you know, that's the one thing I can look forward to in the weekend. So that's that's kind of how I, I I'm I'm at this weird phase in my life where I don't have kids yet, so I'm not constantly being pulled in a bunch of different directions. So I kind of have to find that that one big thing to like really focus my life on. And it can't be work because if it's work, then I just need to go hang myself right now. <laughs> so it's. So you try and find that thing outside of work that you enjoy. And in the fall, you know, from September to February, it's football, particularly the Saints. But then after that, I've got my spring hurling league. So that keeps me interested from, say, March until late June or actually from uh, March until July. And then after that, I'm kind of in a, uh, a brief no man's land before the preseason starts, but you know th- those are those weeks that I can sort of just skate by. Yeah, 
Oh, I've, I've been hunting down miscellaneous food trucks in Houston on the weekend with the wife. We went to found the waffle bus, oh, right. and I had chicken and waffle sandwich. So that's what my life is when there's no football. Uh, Andrew, what does your life consist of? Well, I, I gave up uh, sweets and alcohol for Lent. So, what are you uh, not, only, not, Jeez, not only do I have no alcohol, but I've basically split both of my wrists um, at the same time while, while football ended. So I still, yeah, so basically as if my life could be any more miserable, I, I went ahead and made it worse. Um, but, no, yeah, like Dave, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I mean, you know, football for me and I know for Dave too, it really is an all-day thing because it's not just, it doesn't just start at kickoff, you know, obviously you're checking your fantasy football lineup, you're, you know, I don't go to all the games, you know, I fly in for about three a year, but even the ones at home, you know, I'm checking my fantasy lineup, I'm, you know, reading up on the Saints, I might do a little blogging, as soon as the game's over, I'm immediately blogging about the game, and then I'm reviewing tape and watching the game again to, to start doing the grading process. It really is kind of an all-day thing. So it's actually kind of nice to, to get away a little bit and take a break from it. And as you know, I play a lot of tennis, and so um, that, that opens up a day, a window for me to, to play a little bit. But, uh, you know, lastly, I'm not in warm weather like you guys. I'm in Virginia, and it's cold as balls up here. And so – um, it, it kind of sucks. I mean, we're, you know, we're on the weekends a lot of time. You, you just don't really want to go outside. It's just too cold and it's not that fun. And so, um, it, it's, it's a rough period because my kid, you know, he's going on three, he'll be close to three soon. And he's really starting to get into sports, like playing them. And so, um, you know, he's got that little basketball goal and he'll dunk on it and he'll shoot threes in our living room. And he, he likes to play tennis and now he's starting to hit the ball hard enough that he'll probably break a window here pretty soon. And, he wants to play tackle football with me in the living room, and, you know, he tries to take me to the ground. So um, basically it's getting to the point where I just need the weather to get nicer so that we can start doing these activities outside and not, not be doing them in our living room because, uh, you know, Grandma's hand-me-down vase is uh, going to get shattered here any second. What's the odds on that, by the way, the, the vase getting shattered before it turns warm? Five to two. Five to two. All right, final question. And you know, Kevin, I'll start with you. If if I if I granted you a wish and I said, Kevin, you can create one NFL scandal this off season. What scandal do you create? Oh, it's oh, this is this is a fucking layup and a half, brother. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 hooker scandal bites uh, Roger Goodell on the ass. Dave. There, there, there was, there, there, hang on a second, okay. man. I, I, I need to. You need some I need room. To extra, I need to explain a little bit more. Okay. Several months ago, there was this story about a madam in New York City, and and let me tell you, you know it's fucking special and a big deal when they call the person running it a madam. Like if it's just if it's just you know some some broad from Chalmette or or some broad from. Uh, from Fredericksburg or some broad from uh, uh, Round Rock. I'm trying to hit all of the, uh, the the areas in our demos. Or in my case, you know, some broad from fucking Alton, Illinois. Uh, they don't call her a madam. It's just, it's a gal who, it's a lady who was running a brothel in a whorehouse. Yeah, well, oh, even that's too classy. But when they call them a madam, 
these are ladies that wear, you know, pantsuits or like, you know, really nice outfits. They actually brush their hair several times a day. They got nice jewelry. It's not gold plated. It's just gold shit like that. So they got the high clientele. Anyway, she leaks that some of the clientele on her client list are have NFL uh, ties and affiliations. Suddenly, everybody's like sitting there waiting for this list to come out, and then nothing came of it. Nothing happened. Like you never heard about this fucking thing again. So I'm sitting. I'm going to sit back for the rest of this summer, and when I'm not looking at Kate Upton and her fantastic cleavage, uh, it is fantastic. It, it, you're goddamn. I'm telling you that is the that is the it's it, that that's probably the greatest cleavage ever, ever. And, and, and I I know there's people that are saying, well, Marilyn Monroe is and you know and Betty Page and no no no, greatest cleavage ever. You look at the cover of that 2013 swimsuit issue and you tell me that's not the greatest cleavage ever. You and me are gonna have words. Anyway, I'm gonna sit back and when I'm not looking at that and thinking wonderful thoughts, I'm gonna be hoping and praying that Roger Goodell is gonna somehow be tied to this brothel nonsense. It doesn't have to be David Vitter embarrassing. It just has to be Roger Goodell went to a whorehouse. I would donate a month's salary to a homeless shelter if it was David Vitter fantastic. Look, it doesn't... Well, I tell you what, it doesn't have to be David Vitter. It could be something like... I mean, it doesn't have to be that bad. It could be something like shrimping or... Well, I'll just leave it at shrimping. But I, I'd be more than happy with that. Dave, do you have a uh, off-season scandal uh, scenario slash fantasy for the NFL that uh, you could share with us? Well, that was Kevin was very elaborate there. Uh, that was wonderful. Um, Thank you. I think mine's a, I think mine's a little bit more more simple. Uh, you know. I mean, I definitely, like Kevin, I would love to see Goodell involved in something scandalous. And I don't know why he's being so, you know, so so wussy. Like, let's just, you know, let's have something crazy. Like, if Goodell's going to be involved, let's make him involved. Like, you know, he's running a whorehouse. Let's make that the scandal. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, no, my, mine would be, um, yeah, yeah. My, mine would be um, that the exact same thing that happened to the Saints, Downey Gate, all that that happens to the Falcons this year, like the whole thing. <laughs> like they're like Mike Smith is like suspended for a year. Dimitrov is suspended for like eight games. Um, and you know their whole because I mean you know they are they are biggest competition, so like you know, that would totally screw them up and wipe them out. You know we'll just laugh along. You know the whole thing like starting on like March first. Uh, you know Goodell drops some bomb and he's like it's like Downey Gate too. You know Revenge of the Downey Gate. Uh, and, but it's like the Falcons. Like that would be that would be my scandal. Uh, Andrew, do you have a scan uh, fantasy scandal sh- scenario? My fantasy scandal is that Tebow, Tim Tebow, gets traded in the offseason. He ends up on a different team. The, the team that he ends up on is really of no consequence. But we'll, we'll just say one of the other thirty-one. Te- Let's say one of the thirty teams, not the Saints and not the Jets. So he ends up on a team. That team drafts Manti Hill in some order of their picks, you know, whether it's second, third round. And so 
Tebow and and Teo um, start uh, on a football team together, and they develop a relationship. And Tim Tebow <laughs> sends dick pics or, or you know sexts Manti Teo, and that sext gets leaked to the press, and you know Tim Tebow's junk ends up on Deadspin, and it becomes the first relationship that Manti Teo ever has that is actually real and true. And uh, Tim Tebow then makes a ceremonious return to New York um, to wed his, his new, uh, the, the new love of his life. Um, that is a fantastic uh, off-season scandal. I th- no, I am positive if that would occur, Twitter would would cease to be and they wouldn't be able to put it it would be like Humpty Dumpty falling off the wall it would it wouldn't be able they wouldn't be able to put it back together um it'd be like twitter apocalypse or something it would be it would be the twitter po- i can't i can't think of another scandal that would break twitter because you could any other scandal would would maybe have a uh a tinge of sadness or a little bit of seriousness, but that scandal would just be all fun all the time. And Twitter. Oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, Brett Favre is the is the master of ceremonies, and he he's the person that weds Teo and Tebow, and and approves of Tebow's leaked dictate. Oh my, Kevin! I think Andrew, uh, his I think his scenario. Uh, outdid yours, but to be fair, he did have uh, ten minutes to uh, think of his while everyone else was giving answers. That's okay. That's okay. Even I'm even I'm impressed that uh, that uh, that uh, the uh, the tennis guy went went all out on the Tebow Manti Teo coupling. I think that's that's it's ballsy. You know, and I think the best team for it would be the Colts, because then Tony Dungy would have to comment, and he kind of hates the gays. Um, so I think if it happened on the Colts, Andrew, that would make it e- that that would even make it better. And, and I, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna venture uh, my fantasy scenario because when I thought of the question, I didn't really have one, and I want to end on yours since it's so fantastic. So on that note, thanks for joining us, everybody. For Dave Cariello, our fearless leader, for Andrew Juge of the Saints Nation, for Kevin Held of the King Drops of All, and Canal Street Chronicles, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Thanks for joining us. Be safe. Until next week, so long.